Section 5 of the Report of the Inquiry into the Role and Oversight of Private Security Contractors in Afghanistan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Dennison, South Portland, Maine. 4. Armor Group Hires Local Guard Force Armor Group initially needed approximately 30 guards to meet security demands at the airbase. According to Nigel, name blacked out, the company's senior team leader at Shindand, Armor Group's guard force was composed of men provided by White and Pink, supplemented by additional guards from Kabul. Footnote, Committee Staff Interview of Nigel, name blacked out, at 49, December 5, 2009. End footnote. Although Nigel, name blacked out, said that he provided U.S. military personnel with the names of the guards he hired so that they could conduct background checks of the individuals. The U.S. military team leader said that he did not see a list of names and did not know if anyone else on his team had seen such a list. Footnote at 5556, December 5, 2009. Committee staff interview of Captain, name blacked out, at 3031, January 13, 2010. End footnote. Nonetheless, Nigel, name blacked out, said he was advised that no derogatory information was found on any individual the company proposed to hire at Shindand. Footnote. Committee staff interview of Nigel, name blacked out, at 56, December 5, 2009. End footnote. In its contract proposal, Armor Group stated that security guards hired by the company would undergo extensive training, including training on the rules for the use of force and compliance with ISAF directives. Footnote. Armor Group Technical Proposal, Afghan National Army Air Corps Expansion, Shindand, Afghanistan, for ECCI, at 17, January 12, 2007. End footnote. The proposal also stated that, quote, All personnel assigned to the Shindand project will be trained to use their individually assigned weapon as well as all weapons deployed on site, unquote, and that training records would be, quote, maintained for each operator, unquote. Although company documents refer to guard training, the company has not been able to produce training records. Footnote, Nigel, name blacked out, also said that training was conducted. Committee staff interview of Nigel, name blacked out, at 1923, December 5, 2009. End footnote. Nor has Armor Group or ECC been able to demonstrate that they sought authority from the U.S. military to arm their personnel, or that they provide the military with guard training records, as is required by Department of Defense regulations. Footnote, Department of Defense regulations in place at the time required contractors who wanted their personnel operating in Afghanistan to carry weapons to submit requests for arming authority through their contracting officer to the combatant commander. Arming requests by contractors were required to include documentation of individual training on weapons, rules on the use of force, RUF, and the law of armed conflict, LOAC. Defense Federal Acquisition Regulations 252.225-7040 Contractor Personnel Authorized to Accompany U.S. Armed Forces Deployed Outside the United States June 2006 Department of Defense Instruction 3020.41 October 3, 2005 End footnote The first group of Whites and Pink's men began working at Shindan Air Base in early June 2007 Footnote Committee Staff Interview of Nigel, name blacked out, at 59, December 5, 2009. End footnote. Armor Group supplied the men with AK-47s and staffed shifts according to which of the two warlords the men were loyal. 
Footnote, email from Peter, name blacked out, to John Wyndham et al., December 11, 2008. Armor Group, Daily Situation Report, December 12, 2007. Committee Staff Interview of Nigel, name blacked out, at 73, December 5, 2009. End footnote. Armor Group paid wages directly to the men performing the security work. Nigel, name blacked out, said he had questioned whether white and pink were siphoning off a portion of each man's wages, stating that he, quote, had a suspicion of that in the beginning, and I asked them directly, and they said no, unquote. Footnote. Committee staff interview of Nigel, name blacked out, at 63, December 5, 2009. End footnote. Nigel, name blacked out, said, quote, I pay the guy direct. He signs for the amount that I gave him, and what he does with his money outside and thereafter, I can't control that, unquote. Documents suggest that incidents involving Armor Group's guard force occurred at least as early as July 2007. On July 15, 2007, a Gurkha supervisor argued with one of the local guards who reportedly threatened to strike the supervisor with his AK-47. Footnote, Armor Group Final Incident Report, July 15, 2007. End footnote. Armor Group attributed the incident to, quote, a clash of personalities, unquote, and said that, quote, no action need be taken, unquote. Two weeks later, on July 29, 2007, a fight broke out between two members of the local guard force regarding their respective roles at the airbase's entry control point. Footnote, Armor Group Daily Situation Report, July 29, 2007, end footnote. Although the guards, quote, received verbal warnings as to their future conduct, unquote, no disciplinary action appears to have been taken in response to the incident. In fact, the fight between the guards was overshadowed by a second, more serious incident that same day. 5. Ambush on Mr. White. Revenge attacks averted through, quote, tense negotiations, unquote. On July 29, 2007, following a meeting with Armor Group at the airbase, Mr. White was ambushed and shot while returning to his village with his own security detail. According to Armor Group and ECC documents, Immediately following the attack, between nine and twelve armed members of Armor Group's guard force who were loyal to Mr. White attempted to leave their posts, quote, to seek revenge, unquote, for the attack on their leader. Footnote, ECC, Serious Incident Report, July 29, 2007. End footnote. According to ECC's report of the incident, the camp was then, quote, locked down by order of the U.S. forces, unquote. Footnote, ECC, Serious Incident Report, July 29. 2007. End footnote. Armor Group's written report of the incident stated that, quote, tense negotiations, unquote, followed the guards' attempt to seek revenge and that, while the guards were ultimately persuaded to return to their posts, the company assessed that, quote, retaliatory action, unquote, was, quote, imminent, unquote. Footnote. Armor Group Daily Situation Report, July 29, 2007. End footnote. Despite the apparent seriousness of the incident, Ken, named blacked out, the Armor Group senior team leader who was on duty at the time of the incident said that to his knowledge, none of the guards who attempted to leave their post to seek revenge for the attack was disciplined. Footnote, committee staff interview of Ken, named blacked out, at 67, December 4, 2009. End footnote. The U.S. military team leader who was stationed at FOB, place blacked out, at the time of the ambush said that he was aware of Mr. White's shooting and that U.S. medics treated the wound. He did not know, however, that members of the guard force had attempted to leave the base to seek revenge for the attack. Footnote, committee staff interview of Captain, name blacked out, at 34, January 13, 2010. End footnote. It was never determined who was responsible for the shooting. Armor Group's Nigel, name blacked out, 
said that he was told by the local Afghan Ministry of Defense, M.O.D., commander, that a, quote, criminal element, unquote, was responsible for the shooting. Footnote, committee staff interview of Nigel, named blacked out, at 99, December 11, 2008, end footnote. Armor Group's written report attributed the shooting to local Taliban. Footnote, Armor Group, Daily Situation Report, July 29, 2007, end footnote. ECC security manager Rick, named blacked out, meanwhile, said later that the shooting was probably committed by Mr. Pink, though he was not implicated at that time. Footnote, committee staff interview of Rick, named blacked out, at 39, January 7, 2010, end footnote. 6. IED kills local guard, armor group guard force to attack Afghan forces. Issues with armor group's local guard force continued into the summer of 2007. In the early morning hours of August 9, 2007, an armor group patrol vehicle struck an improvised explosive device, IED, on the northwest side of the airbase, killing the local national driver of the vehicle and injuring the Gurkha guard riding in the passenger seat. Another armor group guard, who happened to be the driver's son, was in the vehicle at the time of the blast, but was uninjured. Footnote, Armor Group Final Incident Report, August 9, 2007. End footnote. Following the blast, Armor Group's local Afghan guards, quote, made ready their weapons and wanted to attack, unquote, MOD soldiers who manned watchtowers around the base. Rick, named blacked out, ECC's site security manager, said that following the IED incident, quote, the guards were grieving, shooting in the air, unquote, and that they, quote, wanted to go kill the MOD, unquote. Footnote. Committee staff interview of Rick, named blacked out, at 4344, January 7, 2010. End footnote. Armor Group's report of the incident stated that there had been, quote, disharmony, unquote, in the past between the Armor Group guards and the soldiers of the MOD. Nigel, named blacked out, Armor Group's senior team leader said it was initially thought that the MOD soldiers were to blame for the IED, but that those suspicions were, quote, very unfounded and were proved not to be the case, unquote. Footnote. Committee staff interview of Nigel, name blacked out, at 111, December 5, 2009. End footnote. Ken, name blacked out, another armor group employee on site at the time, said that they considered at the time whether the MOD soldiers planted the device. Ken, name blacked out, acknowledged that armor group also considered the possibility that a member of their own guard force had inside information regarding the location of the IED. Footnote. Committee staff interview of Ken, named blacked out, at 92, December 5, 2009. End footnote. Following the IED blast, an ECC report described what appears to have been a related incident that same day at the airbase's entry control point, ECP. According to the report, an armor group guard, quote, cocked and loaded his weapon and was going to shot, sick, the Gurkha guard in command, unquote. Footnote, ECC, Serious Incident Report, August 9, 2007. End footnote. In that report, ECC's security manager wrote that it was, quote, not clear as to exactly why, unquote, the incident involving the local National Guard and the Gurkha Guard in command had occurred, but said, there have been a few assumptions to make. First, that the Gurkha commanding the patrol had been warned not to go down that road as an attack was going to happen there. Obvious then that the local nationals had some kind of inside information. The second assumption is that it was placed by the MOD guards, that man from the towers, Footnote, ECC, Serious Incident Report, August 9, 2007, and footnote. Armor Group's Nigel, named Blackout, dispute Rick, named Blackout, contemporaneous account of the warning and of the follow-on incident at the ECP. 
Footnote, Committee Staff Interview of Nigel, named blacked out, at 127-128, December 5, 2009. And footnote. Nevertheless, armor group guards serving on the night shift were disarmed and action was taken to, quote, calm down an ever-heightening situation, unquote. Footnote, Armor Group Final Incident Report, August 9, 2007, and footnote. ECC's Rick, named blacked out, called the incident, quote, a tense moment, unquote, in, quote, a tense day, unquote, and said that business at the airfield had to be shut down for that day. Footnote, committee staff interview of Rick, named blacked out, at 45, January 7, 2010, and footnote. As with previous incidents, no disciplinary action appears to have been taken by armor group against the guards who were reportedly readying their weapons to attack the MOD soldiers. Armor group's Ken, named blacked out, said he was not aware of any action taken and that disciplining the guards, quote, would only have expanded the controversy, unquote. Footnote, committee staff interview of Ken, named blacked out, at 83, December 5, 2009, and footnote. For his part, Nigel, named blacked out, said that he verbally reprimanded one armor group guard and told the company's guard force that, quote, certain protocols and behavior will not be tolerated, unquote. Footnote, committee staff interview of Nigel, named blacked out, at 134, December 5, 2009. End footnote. The U.S. military team leader said that the day after the IED incident, armor groups Nigel, named blacked out, told him that an altercation had occurred on the airbase. The team leader said that he was unaware that armor groups local national guards had to be disarmed, noting that at the time it, quote, did not sound like as big a deal, unquote as was indicated by the company's written reports. Footnote, committee staff interview of Captain, named blacked out, at 37, 42-43, January 13, 2010. End footnote. While the ECC report of the August 9, 2007 incident said that, quote, U.S. military assets called in the two tribal leaders of the local National Guard force to defuse the situation, unquote. The U.S. military team leader said he did not meet with local elders to resolve the situation and was not aware if anyone on his team had. Footnote, ECC Serious Incident Report, August 9, 2007. Committee staff interview of Captain, named blacked out, at 38, 43, January 13, 2010. End footnote. End of section 5.